Welcome to the revolution with Jim and Trev. Oh, you're going to be screaming. Let's crank it up! A movement over 15 years in the making. This is no simple reform. It really is a revolution. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. The revolution starts in 3, 2, 1. What are you afraid of most? Running out of toilet paper? Ah! The return of Gangnam Style? Open Gangnam Style! Well, this fall, your greatest fear will be realized. Oh my god, I can't believe what I'm seeing! The, the, the ducks! They're shooting back at us! The Russians have permanently altered the genetic makeup of all waterfowl to now feel emotion. Seeking revenge. Duck, duck, goose! Those horrible Affleck commercials! They're gonna make us pay for it with blood! And I'm afraid that we won't have enough to cover the bill! Grab all the duct tape and ammunition you can find! Everyone, run through your layout blinds and start punching holes in the sky! We just received word that a flock of mallards has overtaken Washington, the White House, and most of the eastern seaboard. And now they're coming after us. The quack of dawn. I think we're finally safe, everyone. Oh my god, they found us! <laughs> no marsh will be safe. Folks, you have um, no idea what we go through to make this quarter. <laughs> I swear we're talking bird fever on this week's show. That was awesome. That's a movie I want to see. All right, so we got it the, scared me. The ins and outs of a waterfowl and upland hunting on this week's show. I'm so pumped about this. I think it's like like the central flyway has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would tell you, you know, I, Gerard Butler is gonna play me, I think. <laughs> anyway, so Chad Belding, it's more like they're gonna get Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Uh, Chad Belding, the Foul Life from Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. He's actually sticking around for a two-parter uh, for a doubleheader with us. Then we're going to be joined by John Gector of Rating Skies Waterfowl. They're in uh, Denver, Colorado. That's right. Going to be talking about a little goose hunting. Finally, Jared Wicklin, Pheasants Forever's public relations manager, he's going to be stopping by and giving us uh, kind of the lowdown enough pheasant populations all across the country. Mrs. Bunny, what are you going to talk about? Uh, hunting pheasants and different types of cover. All right, Mrs. Bunny, in this pheasant chat is brought to you by Nissan. Mrs. Bunny is the Upland Queen, and she's here to snuff some roosters. <laughs> Mrs. Bunny is brought to you by Nissan and the all-new American Titan at NissanUSA.com. Okay, cover can change over the course of the season. Your hunting style has to reflect that. So uh, right now, as fields are being harvested or as water dries up, hunting pressure, time of day, number of hunting partners, all of these things are going to affect the productivity of each type of cover. So learning how to um, hunt different cover is important. So let's start with cattail marshes. Oh. Um, lots of upland hunters leave cattails to the duck hunters, but overlooking wetlands is a mistake, especially later in the season. Dense cattails are a great place for roosters to hear predators approaching and provide excellent shelter during cold winter months. Sometimes pheasants burrow into the cattails during storms. Um, the best I have never targeted pheasants and cattails. Have you? I, I have shot them in there. Uh, yeah. 
intentionally like went for him? Really? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I spoke up. <laughs> I, I <miss laughs> we don't Gwan. have a lot of cattails around here, but that doesn't mean other people don't. So the best cattail stands are the ones that are found near a food source, such as a crop field. Target the high spots, such as the edges where the water meets the land. It's useful to know, though, that pheasants use cattails for loafing. So this is a habitat that's most productive in the afternoon or just before a storm. Okay. Uh, cornfields. Pheasants generally feed early in the morning and again just before dark. Harvested cornfields are a uh, great place. However, the difficult part about it is the convenient rows that allow them to run like kamikazes to the other end as you're trying to uh, catch up with them. So you better hope you have a good dog with you. Exactly. Or uh, you need to have people hunting with you. Okay. You some need blockers. To cut off. Yeah. To cut off the running lanes. So you're going to need some friends. So post a few hunters at one end of the field and then push the birds from the other end. As you walk into the wind um, while the posted hunters remain still and quiet, the birds will often flush near the posted hunters and those guys can expect long crossing shots. Um, upland brush. Uh, upland brush can be found along fence rows, stream corridors, at the edge of woodlots. Like cattails, this dense, brushy cover is essential to winter survival. Um, when grasslands get matted down from heavy snow, the roosters will often seek out this heavier cover for um, in the brush patches uh, for cover. As with whitetails, upland brush can be productive during the afternoon or later in the season or all day during storms. You know, when you get in those thick areas, too, they're just like rabbits. They will hunker down, and if they think that you don't see them, you walk right by. You yeah. will walk right past them, and so you really need to take your time uh, and really scan the, the area. Step or two, stop, look oh, around, yeah. uh, do it again. Well, it's also useful to know that in regions where there is heavy hunting pressure in CRP, that this brushy cover can be especially productive. Oh yeah. Okay, as we talk CRP, CRP and native grass, like cornfields, um, CRP fields uh, can be a challenge to hunt since they are so large. Uh, because birds will run, a drive is usually the most effective for large fields. If you're hunting by yourself or with another hunting partner, you might have to work smaller sections of the field, divide it off and work smaller sections one at a time. Or you can simply let your dog go to work and let him use his nose, trust his nose, and hunt upwind and follow him. Pheasants use uh, CRP fields for loafing or roosting when they're not feeding early in the morning before they fly out to feed and during the afternoon are the best times to hunt the grassy fields. CRP fields remain productive until heavy snows weigh them down, pushing the birds to heavier cover, like going back to that um, uh, upland brush cover. Uh Anyways, those are the kinds of brush or cover you should be looking for throughout the season to bag your limits. I'm going to tell you what, if you don't, good tips, Miss Bunny, if you don't like walking, you're going to hate pheasant hunters. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, that is one thing you have to give to upland hunters, especially pheasant hunters, uh, is the effort they put forward just to bag a couple birds. Yeah, you could walk three miles and get maybe one. Oh, I know. I think November 11th. That's a Saturday, right? Uh, here in Kansas, our uh, pheasant season opens. And I'm going to tell you what, you'll see these boys and girls out there. And it is nothing for them to walk, let's say, five to ten miles yeah. a day. It's amazing. Look at the size of the fields we have here. That's why most pheasant hunters are very skinny. You yeah. can tell I'm a duck hunter. <laughs> I sit and I eat all day. God bless the dogs that are doing twice the amount of time that they are. So that, That's a great point. And make sure you, you pay attention to your pooches because they run ten times as much as you want. Walk, keep so them hydrated. Keep them hydrated. Put those little booties on them. Too. Yeah, really take care of them because they they will literally work themselves to death to please you. Yeah, just to please you. All right, yep. so we're talking bird fever on this week's show. I'm pumped about this. I'm Miss Buddy. Good tips, by the way. Thanks, guys. Uh, anyways, Chad Belding gonna cut you off the foul life. He is coming up next in a special two parter. Two parter. Thanks for jumping in there, Jimbo. <laughs> uh, make sure you watch the foul life though on Outdoor Channel. It is Saturdays, uh, 5:30 p.m. Eastern time. I actually, think we have a clip, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, Jimbo's going through a second puberty. Uh, here's a clip from a chat and he's dishing on how he prefers Bluebird Days uh, for waterfowl hunting. Take a listen. Chad Belding. Whether you're in Kansas or Washington or the eastern shore of Maryland, they're like, man, we love it when it's cloudy and overcast and low ceiling and stormy. And I'm the exact opposite. I want sunshine. I want cold temperatures. I want a north, northeast, northwest wind. I want that shadowing effect of the sun. It makes it a lot easier for a duck or goose hunter to use those shadows to his advantage to create dark spots or to get into a dark spot. All right, there you have it, boys and girls. Chad Belding, the Foul Life, once again, Outdoor Channel. Uh, Saturday's 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. He is coming up next. But this has been brought to you by Nissan in the all-new American Titan. Hop online, check it out, NissanUSA.com. Mrs. Bonnie, you're amazing. See you guys later. Chad Belding, coming up next. Don't go anywhere, peeps. There's a lot more show to come. Mr. Belding is on deck. It's all right because I've seen my Chad Belding. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. You have to listen closely. Connect with the boys on social media and always at JimandTrav.com. I tried to do it fast so it wouldn't hurt. Stick around. The Revolution will continue right after these messages. Right now, watch thousands of the best outdoor TV shows with My Outdoor TV. This is how we do it. It's real people, real adrenaline. The new app that lets you stream from the world's largest library of exclusive outdoor content. Y'all want more? I'm going to give you more. You can even download it's adventure to go. That's what I'm talking about. Powered by the leaders. Built on the experience of legends. Start your free trial today. Download the My Outdoor TV app right now. You hear that? It's not a countdown. It's a count up. 36,101 miles. 36,102 miles. Day after day, you push your truck to the limit. But here's the thing. Most truck warranties offer bumper-to-bumper coverage for only three years, 36,000 miles. Just 36,000 miles? Come on. Your odometer doesn't care if your warranty falls short. It just keeps on ticking. So here's what Nissan's gonna do. We're backing the 2017 Titan with America's best truck warranty. Five years, 100,000 miles, bumper-to-bumper. So the odometer can keep doing its job, and you can keep doing yours. Take on tough jobs with the 2017 Nissan Titan and America's best truck warranty. Five years, 100,000 miles, bumper to bumper. Limited warranty details available at your local Nissan dealer. Certain exclusions apply. Call 1-800-249-7225 for comparison details. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We have bird fever this week. Now, here's a two-part interview with Chad Belding from The Foul Life, airing on Outdoor Channel. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. We're back. Before the break, we heard Mrs. Bunny talking about the various covers that you can hunt pheasants in. Various covers you can find these wascally little birds. This is, folks, bird fever. Please get a shot if you have it. Uh, <laughs> it just now be enjoyed by Avian flu. That's right, Mr. Chad Belding. It's better than the old, uh, what was that? Swine flu. So thank you. <laughs> Couldn't even think of it. One word. When pigs fly. Uh, Chad Belding, the foul life. Make sure you watch it on Outdoor Channel. That is Saturdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome to the show. But let's get uh, right into this. This, Mr. Chad, everybody knows, and Jimbo, you'll attest to this, man. 
uh, in waterfowl hunting. It's location, location, location. But in our own opinion, kind of, this is where people go wrong because a close second to they that go location, exactly, it has to be concealment, man. I mean, we, we all want to look the part. We got our little scruffly beards and our camo and all of our calls uh, hanging around our necks, but it seems like we don't pay enough attention to concealment. That's where we fail. Do you agree with that or not? Yeah, 100%. I think that when you start talking about the checklist, the things that are you know going to be your important pieces of that waterfowl success puzzle, obviously location is always going to rank right at, uh, right up there at the top. you got to be somewhere where the birds are, whether they're loafing or roosting or feeding. you gotta, you got to put yourself in a position to be successful. But once you're there, once you attain that permission from the landowner, once you lock up a lease, then it comes down to preparation and, and you know, concealment right at the top of that list. And one of the misconceptions that I run across a lot in this country is that they're like, man, we love it when it's cloudy and overcast and low ceiling and stormy. And, and I'm the exact opposite. I want sunshine. I want cold temperatures. I want a north, northeast, northwest wind. But I don't want clouds. And, and, and let that sunshine be the natural element of your concealment. So with that being said, if you do, if you're a weekend warrior, if you only get to hunt a couple days a week and you're forced to hunt on those days that are, are, you know, no wind and real overcast and stormy or whatever it is, then you have to take the extra step, the extra precautionary measurements to make sure that you're hidden and that you blind up, whether you're in a ground blind or a panel blind or a pit blind. You have to make sure that your faces aren't, aren't out. You have to make sure that your dog is in a position where he's not moving around and the ducks can catch on to that. You have to make sure that your blinds are very well hidden with the natural cover, the natural environment, the natural vegetation of whatever area you're hunting in. Because I'm telling you, without sunshine, those ducks with that many eyeballs on you, depending on how big those flocks are, they're going to have an easier time picking you out. When, when the conditions aren't in your favor. So I think that that's a big misconception where most people are going to go out and hunt on those days that look quote-unquote ducky. They're going to have to take extra measurements to make sure that they're hidden, their dog's hidden, their counterparts and all of their hunting buddies are hidden because all it takes is two or three guys looking up in the air, flapping their hands on their duck collar, waving their faces in the air with no face masks on or no face paint. Um, just Just go the extra mile with it and really – Sometimes maybe even use the word over-exaggerated and, and really take a lot of pride in your hide. Yeah. Now, do you do you find that uh, possibly using a drone to check your spread out and so forth is important or does it make a difference at all? I think that's a cool idea. I think that you got to really be careful with the laws and the regulations of drones today, whether it's around airports or around places. They don't want them flying. And you also have to make sure that you're up to par on all of the federal migratory bird laws when it comes to drones and when you can fly them and when you cannot during a hunt, um, you know, that's going to be state to state or, or, you know, place to place where you go during the season. But it's even if you got a tall ladder and you get up and look down on your blind and your decoy spread and where your dog's hit and how you're using your jerk string and all of the motion that's being created in that spread that's not natural to a regular duck spread, um, you're really going to be able to find a lot of things that you would have never thought about looking at it from a ground-eye view. So as soon as you get that bird's-eye view going up high from a drone or a a higher vantage point, it's really cool to see the things that you can see. So I'm just telling you that 
I feel that they act right on sunny days. When they're, when it's sunny, you're going to get a lot better reaction out of Ducks and Geese than you will when it's overcast. Yeah, that man you're listening to right there is Chad Belding from The Foul Life on Outdoor Channel. Saturdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You have to watch this show uh, if you want to improve your waterfowling success. You're, you want to shoot more ducks. That's right. That's what you want to do, so watch Chad. It's so funny, man. Right before the show started, we're actually talking about, this is no joke, uh, your shadow and how so many people neglect that because, you know, if you're not paying attention to your shadow, if for one, like you said, it can work in your favor or totally it, against it can work totally against you. And I think that is so awesome that you pointed that out because I, I think, honestly, you're the first person ever to come on our show and to talk about your shadow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you just sit and listen to guys and, 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 and they pick their favorite days to hunt. And I'm just like, I've been in the timber in Arkansas and I've been in a cornfield in Idaho. And I've seen the exact same details every single time when it's sunny and they see those spinning wing decoys or they see your jerk string or they see that muddy chocolate milk effect on the water and those ripples on the water and that sunshine is creating shadows, and they can't see you standing up against that tree, and they're blinded by that sun kind of, and hopefully you're able to put the sun at least to the side of you or behind you with the wind at your back as well. They just act like ducks. They finish on top of you. Now, when it's when it's overcast, I don't care if you're in the trees. I don't care if you're on a river. I don't care if you're in a cornfield in North Dakota. They're not going to act right. They're going to look right. They're going to be cupped up. They're going to be coming in, and at 50, 60 yards, they're just going to kind of just naturally just veer off a little bit. But as a whole, if it's sunshine, it makes them go stupid, and it makes them act right. And that that's the day that I live for. It's sunshine, no clouds, nice little 14 to 17-mile-an-hour north-northeast wind, and, 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 and chilled temperatures to where they have to eat. Their, their bodies are telling them, we have to go get some carbohydrates. We have to be back and forth. Because a duck can only eat so much food. They might go to dry corn and fill their gold up, and, 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 and they got to go right back to water to get water on top of that corn so it doesn't affect their digestive system. And as soon as they digest it, they're back for more because they know they have to process it to keep moving down that migratory route. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're coming up on a hard break. Uh, can you stick around for a second part? Yeah, man, I love talking to you guys. Ah, cool. All right, Chad Belding, coming up next, part two. Don't go anywhere. Watch Mr. Chad, though, on the Foul Life. That is on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, Mr. Chad, where can we find you online, buddy? Uh, you can check us out at bandednation.com and then on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, it's at the Foul Life TV. So, uh, we got some pretty cool stuff going on on all those platforms. All right, Mr. Chad Belling, part two is coming up next. This has been presented, though, by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. We will return right after this. With Chad Belding, don't go anywhere, peeps. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr, Reddit, whatever social media platform you prefer, you can connect with the revolution. And if you like to kick it old school, just punch up JimandTrav.com on the World Wide Web. The Revolution with Jim and Trav will continue after these important messages. Two brothers stranded down under. Dropped in New Zealand. This is different. This is out of our comfort zone. We're going to work together and we will conquer. No map. No shelter, no food, 
a dangerous game of survival. I've never seen a place this vast, this large. One false step and it's over. This terrain has proven to be the most difficult terrain I've ever had to hunt. It's not always fun in games out here. Dropped. Expedition South Pacific. All new season. Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Only on Outdoor Channel. Introducing the ultimate midsize utility ATV. The all-new Yamaha Kodiak 450. The Kodiak 450 offers class-leading comfort and proven off-road capability with its durable ultramatic automatic transmission on-command four-wheel drive plus optional electric power steering starting at just $59.99. See the new Kodiak 450 today at YamahaMotorsports.com. MSRP subject to change. ATVs are recommended for use only by riders age 16 and older. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. See your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. It's fall. Time to gear up and get ready at Cabela's Big Buck Days. Come in now and save $50 on Savage Arms 11 and 111 Trophy Hunter XP Bolt Action Rifle Scope Packages. Cabela's Big Buck Days, in-store and at cabelas.com. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand-in-hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings Jerky Kits, Snack and Sticks, Buckboard Bacon, Finishing Sauces, Rubs and Shakers, Marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only... The Revolution with Jim and Trav is back on the air. Sounds pretty awesome. And we have bird fever this week. Now, let's get back to Chad Belding from the Foul Life airing on Outdoor Channel. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. This is part two. Hey, we're back. Before the break, we had Chad Belding on for part number one, talking about uh, hunting birds. And this is what? Two. This is number two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chad Belding, make sure you watch The Foul Life with Mr. Chad Belding uh, on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, you know, we were talking during the break, guys, uh, about calling, how more guys, they're calling to their buddies versus the ducks that are flying overhead. They might as well use a cell phone. Yeah, don't you think that's where uh, I think a lot of people have gotten off because they're trying to emulate their peers versus what they're hearing out there in the wild. So instead of, like, watching Jim Ronquest while he might be amazing, that's not what we need to mimic. We need to mimic what we're hearing down at the marsh, right? Molly Mallard. Exactly. Yeah, I think that in certain instances you're going to find that to be true in in, in many cases, guys, but... Um, I think that what you hit on is very important. We've heard it from the time we start to learn to be a duck caller, a duck call operator. There's a difference between saying that you're going to go blow a duck call or you're going to actually operate a duck call. Yeah, and you can compare that to a third grade saxophone player and then have Kenny G up there. And I think that, I think that what you start to see is people will go out and they'll hear some guys doing some things and they think that that's what ducks do and that's what ducks might not do and that's what ducks sometimes do and here's the deal is that if you can dedicate yourself and discipline yourself to becoming very proficient on a duck call whether you're blowing a double recall or a single recall and I'm going I'm to stick with duck calling this goes into to short reduce calling for Canada geese speckle belly geese and so forth but when it comes to mallard ducks puddle ducks which is what guys really want to accomplish during the duck season in my opinion is they want to be that guy that says, man, we finished them right in the decoys. Man, we sounded just like ducks. And I think as a perfectionist, you want that. Because a lot of times with good conditions, like I said before, whether it's ripples on the water or your spinning wing or sunshine and ducks acting like ducks, you might not have to be perfect on your duck call to get them to finish in your decoys. But as a true perfectionist, as a waterfowl hunter, as a guy that spends all you dreaming about these ducks that 
ruin a lot of our lives because we spend so much energy on them. <laughs> then we do want to sound just like a duck. We want to sound like that hen mallard. We have to remember we're in, we're emulating and imitating the hen hen mallard, not the greenhead. The Drake, the boys, they don't say much. They listen to the women almost just like in real life. So they're <laughs> they're, uh, they're they're with that hen mallard on the water. She's doing quacks. She's doing cuts. She's doing cadences such as greeters or comeback calls or whatever you want to call them. But yeah, you hit on something. If you listen to a human being call, whether it's Brad Allen or John Stevens or Jim Ronquest down at Rich and Tone Calls or Brad Allen at Elite Calls, three-time world duck calling champion, they do things on duck calls that you probably don't need to do in the duck blind. But what their dedication and discipline has allowed them to do is stay so controlled on that duck call, they can get loud on it, they can get quiet on it, they know the cadences, and most importantly, they have the instincts and the timing. So when you're working ducks, you got to learn how to read that body language. You don't follow what your buddies do. And some guys say, well, when I'm doing this, you do that. No. You read that body language, and if you see them pick up or drop their feet or drop their tail feathers, or if they're not paying you any attention, that's going to tell you in your head, just like if you're a baseball player or an athlete in some way, you have to be able to react, and, and you might have to you know, be prepared to do something that you might not think you're going to have to do. Like if they go to the left or the right, you're going to want to get on them with a little bit more energy <laughs> and then line them back up. It's almost like Keith Allen describes it. If they're coming at you, you just go, yep, 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 yep. And as soon as they go off to the left or right and they start to veer off and think that you're losing them, you just say, no, 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 no. And then it lines them back up. So you're saying, no, 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 don't do that. And yep, 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 keep doing that. And you're trying to emulate yourself being that mom when she sees that kid running down the street into traffic. She's not going to sit there and go, hey, Billy, get back up here. She's going to have some affection and passion in her voice. Billy, get back up here. And that's what you're doing with those ducks is you have to stand on that first note. You might have to hit them a little bit harder and show some some big-time excitement in your cadences. It's not always about doing what your buddy does. It's doing what you feel those ducks need to hear at that time. And they might not want to hear on Tuesday what you were giving them on Monday. So it's all about waking up and knowing what's going, knowing your conditions, knowing what the temperatures are, knowing where you're hunting. Is it a food source? Is it a day loaf? Is it a roost? Hopefully you're not hunting a lot of roost. But you got to understand that ducks are going to want to hear different things on different days. And the best way to do that is to go out and get in a spot where there's 15 ducks on a river and see what they do. And then go sit at a refuge and listen to how loud and how boisterous and how much vocalization is actually going on. They very rarely shut up, even when they're sleeping. They're making noises and they're cut. <laughs> and you got all these different tones and pitches and inflections going on. And it's the most beautiful sound that Mother Nature has ever brought up, maybe besides the bugle of a, of a Rocky Mountain elk. But when you get it right and you and your buddies look at each other after your dog's bringing back four or five greenheads out of the decoy spread, that's when you can go. Man, we did sound like ducks. We practiced, we emulated them, and our instincts were dead on. Our timing was perfect. We never got on top of each other. And look how many feet are up in the air dangling right now. So that's kind of how I paint that picture. You bet. Hey, that was Chad Belding. He is a man for all seasons. That's right. One more time, The Foul Life on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Watch it. We just had ourselves a little bit of church. Uh, This has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. Coming up next, Mr. John Gector from Rain of Skies Waterfowl. Don't go anywhere as we talk more about bird fever. Mr. Chad, dude, you are so awesome. God bless you. We love you. Stay safe out there, man. You guys, too. Have a great season. You bet. We'll be right back. But first, here's Mrs. Bonnie, and she's talking about hunting dog care. 
Take a listen. It's alright, cause I'm saved by the hunt. Appreciate the Saved by the Bell joke. That was the first one I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Mrs. Bunny with Hunting Dog Care. Hunting Dog Care. If you hunt your dog enough, chances are it will eventually get injured. However, dog owners have to learn how to identify and avoid trouble. Barbed wire might very well be the number one enemy of hunting dogs, especially upland bird dogs. To avoid a nasty run-in with barbed wire, always keep your dog under control, watch for gates and fence lines, and even loose barbed wire. Help your dog safely cross wire barriers, and most importantly, don't let them roam too far in areas where you've seen stray or discarded wire. Watch out for your four-legged companions this fall hunting season. The Revolution with Jim and Trev. It is our civic duty. <laughs> duty to provide you with the best of all things outdoors. Stay informed and connect with us on social media and at JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The Revolution will continue right after these messages. On the front lines of conservation is a dedicated team of professionals. Wildlife and conservation medicine, we call it. Protecting big game on the western landscape. I scare myself every capture. There's always an opportunity for mistakes. You're dealing with wild animals, and it's dangerous, but it's necessary. We are recovering the species where we almost lost them. Catch and release has a whole new meaning. The new series Wild Ops, Mondays at 9.30 Eastern and Pacific, only on Outdoor Channel. Chardonnay finishing sauce is one of the many tasty treats that awaits you at High Mountain Seasonings. Order your jerky and sausage kits, snack and sticks, marinades, rubs and shakers, and more by going to HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Meet Sid. Sid doesn't check for traffic updates. Sid does simplify suppressor ownership. Meet Sid. The new interactive kiosk that makes the fingerprinting and paperwork of silencer applications quick, easy, and pain-free. If you're ready to own a silencer, make time to meet Sid, your new buddy in the silencer business. Available at selected Powered by Silencer Shop retailers. Who is that godlike figure? That's just John Gector from Raining Skies Waterfowl. All right, let's do it, boys. Now, let's get back to the revolution with Jim and Trav and Bird Fever. Brought to you by Cinch Jeans, the official clothing brand of the revolution with Jim and Trav. Visit them online at cinchjeans.com. Hey, we're back. We just finished a two-parter with old Chad Belding. He has a program called The Foul Life. The Foul As the world Saturdays, uh, That is Saturdays, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Watch that show. A great doubleheader with him. Just now, though, I'll be joined by John Gector. He is the president, CEO of Rating Skies Waterfowl. There he's in, the uh, pit boss. He is the, he's the, the CEO, the president. He's got a shovel. The pit master is what he is. Anyways, welcome back to the show, Mr. John. But now you were telling us, did I say out there in uh, Denver, Colorado? You were telling us, though, during the break, man. The Mile High uh, City. Mile High City. Um, that you've been working tirelessly all summer, leading up to this point, getting ready. But what have you been doing, man? I mean, you want to find success this season. What, what do, you, do you do? What's been taking up your time? We've been doing a lot of hard work, uh, you know, getting uh, decoys prepared. Uh, you know, if we didn't get new ones, we're cleaning off the old ones from last year, cleaning out trailers, getting everything organized. And uh, the biggest thing we're doing right now is getting pits in the ground, getting blinds built. Um, it's been a rough year for us because we've had a lot of moisture, so the uh, crops have been late coming out of the field. So we've been uh, we've been pretty book solid here for the last uh, two weeks, and we'll finish the rest of this week 
getting all of our pits in the ground and our blinds uh, set up and all that good stuff. So there's a lot of preparation going on right now. Yeah, now, at Rain Skies Waterfall, I mean, you guys aren't like some Joe Schmo setup. I mean, your pits are like top-notch. This really is like going to a five-star resort, man. I've seen some of the photos and some of your hunts uh, from previous seasons, and it's amazing all the work that you put into this, dude. It is. It is definitely a lot of labor, and you know, waterfowl hunting for me and rain and skies is you know, you know, it's just a form of life for us. That's what we live to do, and uh, you know, we're we're going to spend you know from starting next Monday, um, you know, now till the middle of March with the spring conservation snow season. We're going to be spending most of our days in those blinds and in those pits, and we want them as comfortable as possible, not only for us, but for, you know, guests and so on that come out and for the dogs, because yeah. there's dogs on every hunt. Yeah. Now, the, now the thing is, when you, when you set it up and, you, and obviously you, you've checked the patterns out of, of coming in, because you just don't dig a hole here and then do an, another one tomorrow. You've got the, uh, the, the pit blinds set up, so you're going to get them on final approach. Uh, how big of a spread do you put out? We'll put out, when we're, when we're hunting geese, I try to mimic what's in the field. I mean, we could put out as little as one dozen and we can put out as many as eight dozen. Uh, Holy crap! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just depends what we're hunting. I mean, you know, when you get a migration day and you're trying to run, you know, you're running traffic on migration birds, you got to put out more. When you're, when you're hunting on the X, you know, you kind of, you know, you slack back and you mimic what you've seen the day before when you're out scouting. Hmm. All right, so once again, talk with a John Gector, Raining Skies Waterfowl, right there in Denver, Colorado. So scouting plays a huge role uh, in your success. So would you say that leading up, you know, Monday you said it's going to open up, you guys are gangbusters out there, going to be tremendously successful. How much are you scouting right now? Right now we're scouting about four hours a day. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. we're, we're just trying to get out there and find out where the birds are. Um, you know, there's a few northern birds, but most of, most of these birds right now are still locals. Um, you know, hopefully with this storm that's pushing through right now, we'll get a, you know, a new push of birds. But we don't normally get our our big push of birds of, of geese until about mid-November. Yeah. No. So we'll keep an eye on them and see where they go. And, and you know, hopefully they get in here. If not, we're not going to get crazy with them until about the middle of November. Uh, you don't want to educate local birds. You know, then you blow them out of your holes and then... You know, uh, usually the northern birds come down and they'll, and they'll follow the northern birds where they're going and fly paths and so on and so forth. So we try to take it easy on the local birds. Yeah. Now, how many different places do you have available? Say they were coming in really strong to this set of pit blinds today, but now they've moved. Do you have six, eight, ten? How many different spots do you have? We have 29 different places. Holy cow. I can't even count that high, dude. <laughs> 29 yeah, different places. It. I mean, that is a lot to manage. That's a lot of holes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. You know, I mean, I mean it, it takes a lot of work to get prepped up to that point. But, you know, we want to stay on the birds. And we've got ground from the front range to out towards Brush and Fort Morgan and Sterling. And, you know, uh, down in tight by Brighton. I mean, those are the three areas. And we just follow where the geese go and, you know, we get under birds, and that's what makes us successful. It's the time that we put in before the season, digging pits, making sure the pits are all concealed, and uh, uh, all the scouting. Scouting is key, location and scouting. If you don't put your time in scouting, you're not going to get underneath the birds. Yeah, talk with uh, Mr. John Gector. Make sure you check out Raining Skies Waterfowl. Now, if we want to find you guys online, Mr. John, where do we have to go to do that? 
You can find us on Facebook at, uh, at Rain and Skies Waterfowl. All right, Rain and Skies Waterfowl on Facebook. Okay, so do you have now? Now tell us if we want to get out with you because this is kind of like if, if you want to shoot a lot of ducks, man, go to Arkansas, go to Stuttgart. If you want to shoot a lot of geese, you got to go to Denver and check out Rain and Skies Waterfowl. How do we book a hunt with you? Do we have to become a member? What do we do? Well, we're we're not we're not really an outfitting business. We're just a club. Okay. All you got to do is message me on Facebook, and we'll get you in the middle of them. There's nothing prettier than you know 150 toads setting their wings and their feet down when you got the mountains in the background. Yeah. Now, okay, so let's talk about this. We're out there hunting with you guys. Obviously, you have 29 different locations. You're gonna get us on a lot of geese. Now, what do you tell people if they can't shoot? If they can't shoot, they're not going to get anything. Stay home. Yeah, I mean, do you yeah. prep people before they come out? Do you give them a good, you know, talking to? What do you say? Absolutely. I always I always ask people, hey, you know, if you're a little rusty with a shotgun, go to your nearest trap range. You know, send four to eight rounds of trap down it. Get used to it. We're going to get the birds in tight. We get the birds. I mean, some of these birds are five feet away when we're, you know, you know when we're coming up out of the pits. So they're right there. And, you know, wow. the hardest thing for most people is concentrating on one bird. you got that many birds coming in. You can't flock shoot. You have to concentrate on one bird. And that's my biggest thing. Get on one bird. Make your first shot count. If you make your first shot count, your second shot success percentage goes up so much. Wow. All right. So talk with uh, Mr. John Gector. Once again, Rain of Skies Waterfowl right there in Denver, Colorado. Again, coming up to a break, Mr. John, to learn more about you to possibly become a member of the Rain of Skies Waterfowl Club. Uh, where do we have to head to online to do that? Check us out on Facebook at Rain of Skies Waterfowl. Send a message over and either myself or Robert will get back in touch with you within 12 hours. You bet. Hey, that was John Gector, and he's part of the club. He's part of the club. Got to check out Rain of Guys Waterfowl on Facebook, man. This is going to be the best uh, goose hunting trip of your life. All right, got to get to a break. Mr. John, you were so awesome. God bless you. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Thank you guys very much. You bet. Hey, folks, don't go anywhere because coming up next is Jared Wicklin with Pheasants Forever. That's right, and this has been brought to you by Cinch Jeans, the official clothing brand of the revolution with Jim and Trav. Hop online, check them out, cinchjeans.com. Wickland coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Pheasants Paradise. Been hunting most our lives, living in the Pheasants Paradise. Been hunting most our lives, living in the Pheasants Paradise. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. This show is perfect for people with ADD. Oh, look, a chicken. Stick around. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We'll be right back. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. Ka'anapali Beach Hotel, 
Are you ready? Now, let's get back to the revolution with Jim and Trav and Jared Wickland, Pheasants Forever Public Relations Manager, brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings, Cabela's, and Silencer Shop. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. Before the break, we had John Gector, and of course, he is uh, with Blue Sky. What is it? It's Blue Skies. Uh, no, Rainy Skies Waterfall. Hey, it's some Blue Skies is what he is. No, you got confused where Chad Belding I was talking about hunting on Bluebird Days. That's, That's true. That's All true. Right. But coming up right now is old Jared Wickland. Yeah, he is Fresno's Forever's public relations manager. He's always, always having relations with the public. He has two kids. <laughs> Anyways, Jared, how's it going, buddy? Relations with the birds, too. I'm good. How are you guys? He's multi. He gives everybody the bird. Yeah, we're actually doing pretty good, man. Now, we're pumped about this, dude. Um, So let's talk real quick. What are the pheasant numbers looking like? Let's pretty much just, we're going to be selfish for a second. Yeah, that's all right. Let's talk about here in the Midwest, man. Yeah, what, the, is, the, what is it looking like? The pheasant like? breadbasket. Yeah. Yeah, you know, pheasants are looking really good in the Midwest. Uh, I know you guys are located in Kansas, um, and in the state of Kansas this year, you're looking at uh, phenomenal hunting, not only for pheasants, but for quail as yeah. well. Um, you know, you guys have really recovered from that drought between about 2010, 2014. Um, and, uh, you know what, there's other places in the Midwest right now or in the upper Midwest, I guess, you know, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, just went through a massive drought. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people think, you know, oh, we had an easy winter. Our, our pheasant numbers are going to rise. What happens between the spring season and the summer season and the time those chicks are hatched also, um, is, is a major consideration for how your population is going to be. So the upper Midwest, they didn't have any moisture. They didn't create any bugs and there was nothing to eat for the chicks. Um, a lot of those hatches died off. Um, but Kansas, uh, Southwest Nebraska, um, down into Oklahoma as well. Um, there's going to be some phenomenal upland bird hunting to be had this year. And I've been hearing a lot of good things in Kansas, especially about that central region and, and north up towards the border. Um, it's supposed to be really good on all accounts uh, for upland bird hunting in your state. Now, one of the places that I always liked to hunt uh, and did for several years was around Hereford, Texas. Uh, lots of pheasants there. Panhandle. Yeah. Um, it, it's looking really good this year as well. I know uh, one of our guys went down there and did a story last year. The only problem um, with the Panhandle is that there's not a lot of public land. Um, there's a lot of private stuff. So if you know somebody down there and they're enrolled in CRP, um, you're looking at phenomenal pheasant population uh, this year as well. Um, it's really come back. A lot of it due to moisture. Uh, a lot of those southern states, you know, even Kansas, down through Oklahoma, Texas, whether you're talking pheasant or quail, um, a lot of it's controlled by the amount of moisture they get that uh, helps with nesting cover and creates a lot of bugs for those chicks to eat. So uh, you're absolutely right. Texas this year is supposed to be phenomenal hunting um, for quail and pheasant alike. Yeah, you're listening to Pheasant Geography with Jared Wicklin. <laughs> uh, all right, so he's Wikipedia. The, that's right. <laughs> we can ask you anything. This is amazing. Uh, public relations manager there for Pheasants Forever. All right, so you talked about, you know, we did have uh, really a, an exceptional summer. Uh, here in the Midwest when it came to moisture is plentiful. Um, yep. And that is really, I mean, it's helped everything tremendously. Now, I mean, not to talk all doom and gloom, obviously CRP numbers have dropped off drastically, okay? Yep. But yep. to offset that, once again, the moisture has really helped. If we start going through more drought with the loss of CRP, 
it could get kind of precarious, right? You know, it really could mean bad things, and, and that's one of the reasons why Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we focus exclusively. Um, that's one of our main priorities right now. We've got the 2018 Farm Bill coming up here um, yeah. that they're going to be debating in Congress, and they're starting to put some ink to paper right now. And it is critical that if you're an upland bird hunter, uh, it, Maybe not even an upland hunter. If you're a deer hunter, a turkey hunter, uh, CRP is critical for all those different species. Um, and I would say, if, you know, the number one thing that listeners can do is call their congressional, call your representative, call your senators, and say, hey, we need a strong CRP program. Because it wasn't that long ago. 2007 was uh, a peak in a lot of different states for upland bird harvest. I know, you know, here in the state of Minnesota, we shot 700,000 roosters that year. Uh, South Dakota, wow. I think, was 2.1 million that year. Um, and that uh, coincided uh, with about 36 million acre peak for CRP. And since that time, um, you know, with the 2014 Farm Bill, they brought it down to 24 million acre cap, meaning that there can only be 24 million acres of CRP lands in the United States. So right now we're trying to get that cap raised. There's a ton of people with the agriculture climate the way it is that want to get back into CRP. It pays extremely well. It pays landowners. Uh, and farmers for taking their land out of production, you know, for purposes of wildlife habitat, water quality, um, and uh, soil health. So um, if we can raise the cap of CRP in the 2018 Farm Bill, there's going to be better things on the horizon. But obviously, moisture helps a lot. Uh, you know, in Kansas, you guys got a big uh, winter snowstorm, which set the quail and pheasants back a little bit on the western side. Um, but uh, I think by all means, they, they came back with a very successful nesting season, and, and you're going to see great things in that state for, for the uh, 2017 upland season. There you have it. That was Jared Wickland. Of course, he is the Pheasants Forever Public Relations Specialist. And you got to join. Well, that find was, a, find your next hunting buddy. That was last year. He's now the manager. Oh, he's, he's the manager. Been promoted. This man is. <laughs> he's amazing. a special manager. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> All right. One last time. Got to get to a break, man. Where can we find you guys online? Uh, org. You can check out our Facebook page, Pheasants uh, Forever slash Facebook. That's right. And ladies, I'm sorry, but Jared is taken. He is taken. Back off. Give him some room. <laughs> All right. That's Jared Wicklin, public relations manager there for Pheasants Forever. Hop online, check them out. This has been brought to you, though, by High Mount Seasonings, Cabela's, and Silencer Shop. Got to get to a break. Mr. Jared, you were so awesome. Keep up the great work. God bless you, buddy. Thanks, guys. I'll look you up when I get down to Kansas. Ah, uh, good deal. All right, we got to get to a break. But first, here's Mrs. Bunny. She's going to give us a waterfowl forecast. Take a listen, peeps. And now, Mrs. Bunny with the waterfowl forecast. Waterfowl forecast. If duck numbers are on point with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's 2017 waterfowl breeding population and habitat survey results, this is poised to be a fantastic season for waterfowlers. The survey concluded that most duck populations are near or above long-term averages with a breeding duck population of 47.3 million, which is 34% above the long-term average and the fifth highest annually reported total breeding duck population since the survey started in 1955. Don't sit this season out. Get in on the action. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Hmm. Is this the button that gets us to JimandTrav.com or that other thing? Ah, it was the other thing. Stay right there. Jim and Trav and all the wackiness will continue right after these messages. Introducing a pickup truck so tough, so rugged, you become a real man just by sitting in it. So get ready to outwork and outlast any other pickup on the planet. Sound familiar? Pickup truck ads will do anything to make their truck sound invincible. But let's get real. No truck lasts forever. The more miles, the more repairs. 
It's just common sense. Yet most truck warranties offer bumper-to-bumper coverage for just three years, 36,000 miles. (laughs) That isn't much of a long haul for most truckers. So when you hear claims like, All-time toughest truck in the world! You know it doesn't mean much, unless they can back it up. That's why we built the 2017 Nissan Titan to work hard and backed it with America's best truck warranty. Five years, 100,000 miles, bumper to bumper. Now that's a hardcore truck warranty. Take on tough jobs with the 2017 Nissan Titan family of trucks. Limited warranty details available at your local Nissan dealer. Certain exclusions apply. Call 1-800-249-7225 for comparison details. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits. Safari hats and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bob. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak. I do have new shorts. (laughs) Well, I got Hollywood legs. I I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors. Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the grandpappy of the outdoors. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. My work here is done. Let's get out of here. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. Like what? Well, like this concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. And you can always follow the boys 24-7 at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. Chad Building the Foul Life. Jared Wickland with Pheasants Forever and old John Getter. Yeah, Ready Skies Waterfowl plus Mrs. Bunny. Bird Fever. Awesome show. That's right, guys. Yeah, and we want to thank our 515 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible like Miss Bunny, Funjour, producer Mark Paneri, and Frank the Sound Guy. You know what? There is really no better way to get young kids interested in the outdoors than taking them upland hunting. Yeah, make them pluck those birds. Pluck those birds. Work for it, baby. Uh, you know what? Outfit them, though, with the proper firearm, like a 28 gauge, maybe 20, 20 gauge. 20 gauge would be good. Yeah, that'll be a good caliber. All right, so Mr. Bunny, last word. Uh, happy November, guys. Yeah, hey, Thanksgiving's coming up. Get yourself a turkey. Get yourself a turkey, gobble, gobble. You know what? Next week, we're talking rut ready. Everything you need to know, the ins Bro-bro. and outs about hunting and run. You know, Lee and Tiffany Likoski from The Crush, plus Bonnie and Mike McFerrin from Legends of the Fall, and a Steve Nestle with Yamaha. It's going to be a great great show, show. guys. That is going to be a great show. All right, got to get outdoors this weekend. Take some kids with you. We love you, boys and girls, so much. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. God bless America. We rule.